everyone. If you would like 10% off some delicious and homemade vegan pizzas from the Chicago House of Za, order at least $50 worth of food and or merchandise online and use our promo code HORROR. That's H-O-R-R-O-R. The Chicago House of Za is a family-owned, all-vegan pizza place that unfortunately had to close down their brick-and-mortar location because of the pandemic. But they were able to start a web store and ship their delicious frozen pizzas nationwide. So I know they would really, really, really appreciate the support. Go visit them at chicagoveganpizza.com and you can also find them on Instagram at vegandeepdish. We will include the website link in our show notes. Go get your 10% off with the promo code HORROR. That's H-O-R-R-O-R. And now on to the show. Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Later this week, we are already heading into the month of April, if you can believe that. I can't. Um, And we all know what April 1st is, right? National Burrito Day! (laughs) Also April Fool's Day. But seriously, it's National Burrito Day as well. This is not an April Fool's Day joke. So on April 1st, go get yourself a burrito and play a mean prank on someone you love. And I'm not talking about farts, but I'm also not not talking about farts. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Today, we're going to be talking about the history of April Fool's Day, which when you think about it, it's a really strange holiday. Uh, I never bothered to look up the origins of the holiday. You know, it's just like, hey, it's April 1st. Play jokes and pranks on people. And farts. Okay. (laughs) And fart on people. But yeah, I was kind of curious about why April Fool's Day is a holiday. Uh, You know, I wanted to see where its origins came from, and it's actually quite interesting. So we're going to discuss that along with some April Fool's Day jokes gone horribly wrong. Uh, Also, make sure you stick around for the very end of the episode so you can find out where to vote for our horror movie Oscar nominations because voting is officially open now. Woo! And Mindy, before we get into the origin of the holiday, have you ever pulled off any, you know, really good April Fool's Day jokes on someone? Or do you know anyone who has? Have you ever had an April Fool's Day joke played on you? I was thinking about it and I, nothing's coming to mind. No. Am I forgetting something from our youth? Have you pulled off a good April Fool's Day trick on me and I just forgot. <laughs> I mean, I've played lots of jokes on you, but yeah. none that were April Fool's Day That's, that's kind of a daily thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any good April Fool's Day jokes to tell of. Hmm. How about you, Spencer? Uh, I was not a real big prankster. The only thing I can really think about, well, I'll, I'll give you two. Um, when we were a kid, I don't know if this when was... When we were a kid? My, my sister and I. Oh, okay. When we were... <laughs> yes, plural. When we were one kid, then we split <laughs> off later. Um, no, when we were kids, uh, I don't know if it was my sister who mentioned this because she's older than me or if maybe my dad even said it, but it was some very, 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 very bad practical joke to play on somebody, which is you put saran wrap over the toilet <laughs> and... Uh, you know, Classic. Yeah, don't don't do that. We may have done it once, but I don't think we we got anybody. Um, but my my friend, my coworker, did actually fool somebody. Um, I don't need to go into the details, but he basically was like, "Oh, oh no, it was a, a woman." She said uh, to one of our other coworkers, uh, "You know this this guy that we were editing footage for. He heard that you were talking about him, and he's downstairs and." <laughs> You gotta go. He he's, he heard uh, that you were you were talking about him, and he's real mad. So you gotta go talk to him. And then a, he was surprisingly gullible about that. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. Were you actually talking about this person? He was making fun of him, not in a mean way, but it just in a fun way. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> she right. worked next to him, so she heard all this stuff every day. And so what ended up happening? How did, think, how did he find out he I think was being he pranked? went downstairs. I, I think he went to the door and was like, where is he? And went back up. And she was like, I got you. <laughs> I, I had a good laugh on that. All right. Well, that was a little disappointing from both of you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's okay. try to do better. All right. Well, what about you? Yeah. Um. Most. Well, I should say 
the only real April Fool's Day pranks that I can think of, um, which I guess looking at it now is a little mean, but I thought it was pretty funny when I did it, <laughs> was back when I used to be on Facebook. Um, sometimes I would, on April 1st, I would randomly <laughs> post that I was pregnant because I don't want children at all. This is like something most people who know me well know. Um, but however, my mom and mother-in-law <laughs> really, really wanted to be grandparents. Um, I mean, my mother-in-law is a grandparent, but she only has one grandkid. She wanted more and my mom has no grandkids. So yeah, I guess it's a little mean. <laughs> because Yeah, there were a lot I, of comments. I think I got some people's hopes up, but yeah, there was a lot of people who were like, very disappointed and voiced their disappointment on my post when I said I was joking. But of course, the people who knew me well were like, haha, April Fools. So that, uh, yeah, I just, I don't really have the desire, I don't think, to do, to prank people on April Fools' Day. But N- why do it one day a year when you can do it every day? I of mean, the year? R- seriously. <laughs> I was literally thinking, Sharon just wants to do this every day. <laughs> And then it's Our, not expected. Like on April Fool's, I think it. Cause I do think I tried to like with my boss. I think I tried to tell him that I needed to take a sabbatical for like a year or something. And he was like, "Yeah, right." And then moved on. Like it just didn't work because people are expecting it on April first. All right, let's get into the origins of April Fool's Day. So April Fool's Day is celebrated on April first every year in the U.S. Other countries celebrate it on different days, and they have different um, practices around the world, which we will get into as well. Um, But here we celebrate it April 1st. It's been celebrated for several centuries. So what exactly are the origins of April Fool's Day? Well, to be honest, we still don't really know. Uh, The exact origins kind of remain a mystery, but there are several theories. Some historians speculate that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582 when France switched from the Julian calendar, which was introduced by Julius Caesar, to the Gregorian calendar named for Pope Gregory XIII. The change moved the new year up to January 1st. Uh, Originally in the Julian calendar, the new year began with the spring equinox around April 1st. So, People who were slow to get the news or who failed to recognize that the start of the new year had moved up to January 1st, you know, because social media wasn't really a thing back in the 16th (laughs) century. Uh, There was no newspapers. So a lot of people continued to celebrate the new year during the last week of March through April 1st. And they became the butt of jokes and hoaxes and were called April Fools. Get it? Wah, wah. (laughs) Hilarious. I wish I could have seen the looks on those French people's faces when they realized that they dismissed the new year by three months. (laughs) And we're actually recording this on the the equinox, the, uh, you know, the beginning of spring. So today would have been the new year. Oh, Uh, There's also speculation that April Fool's Day was tied to the vernal equinox or the first day of spring in the northern hemisphere when Mother Nature fooled people with her changing unpredictable weather. Maybe that's why people think climate change is a hoax because that Mother Nature is such a prankster. (laughs) Um, I know living in Chicago. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Constantly pranking us like, you know, one day it's 60 degrees and you know, flowers are blooming and birds are singing and we think spring has arrived. And then the next day we get a blizzard. That just happened last week. Sure did. Uh, Luckily, all that snow melted in like a day. So (laughs) another explanation of the origins of April Fool's Day was provided by Joseph Boskin, who was a professor of history at Boston University. He explained that the practice began during the reign of Constantine when a group of court jesters and fools told the Roman emperor that they could do a better job of running the empire than he could. So Constantine was amused by this thought and he allowed a jester named Kugel to be king for one day. Kugel passed an official proclamation calling for absurdity on that day and the custom became an annual event. The only problem with this story is that it's completely made up. (laughs) It was an April Fool's Day prank 
itself pulled by Joseph Boskin on an Associated Press reporter named Fred Bales in 1983. One of Boskin's closest friends had always loved the Jewish noodle pudding, Kugel. Um, and for whatever reason, that popped into his head and he decided to tell a story about a jester who became king uh, and King Kugel, <laughs> of course, sounds, I mean, that sounds incredibly fake. I was um, going to yeah. ask, I was like, isn't that a food, Kugel? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. And um, yeah, so one of Baskin's fields was also medieval history. So he just concocted a pretty convincing tale off the top of his head. And the Associated Press reporter reported this story and the AP actually ran it only to retract it some days later. So that's actually my favorite origin story. Um, (laughs) I mean, I kind of wish it was an actual story. I think it's really funny that it's a prank. But uh, yeah, out of everything that I've read, that one would just be the best, I think. I mean, can you? I just I kind of wish we had a well, I guess we do have a day of absurdity here. Um, I mean, it's more of a day of pranks, but I wish there was just like a day of absurdity where you can like walk down the street wearing costumes and uh, I don't know. what are Halloween? Some- I was just going to no. say, isn't that Halloween? No, I know what you're not saying. Not Halloween, like another day where it's not, you know, Halloween. Like right. just anything absurd. You can, you can walk backwards all day or you can wear your pants on your head and your shirt on your legs or so I don't know yes I was just gonna say that or like Aunt Gail on Bob's Burgers recently discovered that you can wear a turtleneck as pants and then use the turtleneck part to pee out of (laughs) 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 and the whole episode is her wearing a turtleneck for pants it's amazing anyway there you go yeah just like a day where everything you do is absurd Um, Which is kind of what Spencer and I do all day, (laughs) every day when we're together. Like, how many times a day do we say, we're adults? (laughs) Yeah, a lot. We have to remind ourselves, no, we're adults, but this is how we act. Okay, which is great. Mindy, do you want to talk about some of the other countries around the world and how they celebrate uh, April Fool's Day? Sure. Uh, Many countries, of course, have their own April Fool's Day uh, traditions that are unique. Uh, April Fool's Day spread throughout Britain during the 18th century. In Scotland, the tradition became a two-day event, starting with hunting the goat, in which people were sent on phony errands because goat is the word for cuckoo bird or the symbol for a fool. And the next day is Taily Day, which apologies if I'm saying that wrong, um, which involved pranks played on people's derrieres, such as pinning fake tails or kick me signs on them. So kind of like pin the tail on the donkey, but for people. I do not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Kick me signs. That's rude. It's mean. It's so mean. Um, I kind of like how the French celebrate. This one's pretty fun. The French call April 1st Poisson d'Avril or April Fish. Um, It's not known exactly what the fish refers to, but it may be related to the sun leaving Pisces. Um, Fish Mm. is the symbol for Pisces at the start of April. So not really sure, but I like April Fish. Um, A part of the tradition in France was the placing of dead fish unknowingly on the backs of friends. (laughs) Not really sure how you would place a dead fish on someone's back. It would either have to be a very tiny fish for them not to be able to feel it um, and maybe just like drop it down their shirt or something. I don't know. Um, Or when they're sleeping, like sneak up on them when they're sleeping if they're sleeping on their stomach and like put it on their back. That makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. It's the first thing that came to mind for some reason. But but yeah. also, if someone was coming up to me with a dead fish, I'm pretty sure I would smell that way right? before they were able to actually put it on me. <laughs> um, today, real fish have been, thankfully, replaced with fish that are paper-shaped. Um, wait, nope. Nope. <laughs> fish that How are paper-shaped? Paper-shaped. <laughs> we are not cutting this out. I think she meant to say fish-shaped paper. 
I meant fish shaped paper that children had to. <laughs> you know what, Spencer? While I'm finishing this story, look up paper fish. I guarantee there's like a million species of fish. I guarantee there's a paper fish somewhere. There's a rainbow fish book. I like that book for kids. Oh, okay. That's the only thing. <laughs> Today, real fish have been replaced with fish-shaped paper that children try to sneak onto the backs of their friends' shirts, crying, Poisson d'Avril! When the prank is discovered, uh, shops and bakeries also offer special fish-shaped sweets. Ooh, yummy. yummy. Um, I I think that's kind of hilarious. Yeah, I do too. April fish. I think I'm going to start celebrating April fish. So, Spencer... Watch your Watch back. out. <laughs> so the only things I found, there's a novel called Paper Fish. Uh, and there's, you know, origami. You can make fish out of paper with origami. All right. Whatever. I was wrong. <laughs> That's a first. Now let's move on to Brazil, where April Fool's is known as the Dia da Mentira, or the Day of the Lie. Like in many other countries, on April Fool's Day, news outlets will put out ridiculous headlines with false claims, and many individuals will tell white lies to each other to fool or prank their friends. In the U.S., this is also known as fake news. Uh, Mexico's equivalent to April Fool's Day is on December 28th, Dia de los Santos Inocentes. Uh, yeah. Did I say that right? I took French, sorry. That sounds um, about-ish, right? Although, although my French is probably not much better. <laughs> um, they, they would say Inocentes. Inocentes. Dia de los Santos Inocentes. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, sounds good to both of you because you're white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um this translates to Day of the Holy Innocence, which is a day for all kinds of practical jokes, but beware of lending money. <laughs> According to tradition, there is no obligation to pay back anything borrowed on this day. Originally, the day was a somber remembrance of the slaughter of the innocent children by King Herod. Uh, through the years, it evolved into a lighthearted commemoration involving pranks and tricks. Because, <laughs> of course... The slaughter of innocent children evolves into a day of pranks and tricks. Uh, the tradition <laughs> is based on a tragic biblical story. According to the Gospel of St. Matthew, when King Herod is warned of the birth of the new king, baby Jesus, he sent soldiers to kill all the boys under the age of two to maintain a hold on his kingdom. The children killed on this day are known as the Holy Innocents. Jesus escaped the slaughter because his parents were warned by an angel and fled. The trick comes into play because King Herod was fooled into believing that he had eliminated the threat, which he had not. Moving on to Greece, Mindy. <laughs> In Greece, there are several beliefs around April Fool's pranks. Uh, the first being that if you can trick someone, you'll have good luck all year round. So Sharon, you must have good luck all year round. <laughs> uh, our other beliefs are that successful tricksters will enjoy a good year of crops and that the water from rainfall on April 1st has healing abilities. Oh, I like that part. Yeah, I do too. Actually, I like all of it. <laughs> yeah, so is that cumula cumulative? So like every prank you pull, you, you add another year? That'd be yes. awesome. I mean, I for the most part, I do have pretty good luck. Even when things go bad, they usually have like the best possible outcome. And now I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to jinx myself. All right. Finally, let's move on to Sweden. I apologize for, for my Swedish Um but on Forsta April, which is April 1st in Sweden, uh, many are out attempting to trick others, as is the usual activity for April Fool's Day. However, if you are successful at tricking someone, instead of screaming April Fool's, you shout the phrase before running away, April, April, din domasil, ja kan lura dig vart jag vil. Okay, I watch a lot of Igmar Bergman movies, and that was really pretty good. Thank you. Um, I credit it to my friend Sara, um, mm. Sara Thieden from Sweden. Who, <laughs> yes. Who, um, you know her, Mindy. But I do. Her and I were very good friends, senior of high school. She was a foreign exchange student, and she taught me 
two phrases in Swedish that she said, if you ever go to Sweden, memorize these phrases because it'll be very useful. You will always find help. And I still remember these phrases. It was, Jag vill knolla dig mycket hotte mycket länge and jag vill sugerin schnopp. Which means, <laughs> I want to fuck you very long and very hard and nice. I want to suck your dick. Um, yeah, very important phrases to know if you're traveling abroad to Sweden, I guess. <laughs> I actually used both of those phrases um, one time on actual Swedish people. You need to provide more context very quickly. Um, yes. So <laughs> the first, um, when I used to waitress, um, there was, we were waiting. Um, s- someone that I worked with was waiting on a table of businessmen. And they had uh, a businessman from Sweden come. And he, they wanted to have all the girls take a photo with this Swedish businessman. So after the photo... I said those two phrases to him. He turned bright red <laughs> and started like laughing kind of like nervously and like fanning himself and like whoa, and like all of his you know American uh, co-workers were like, what did she say? What did she say? And he couldn't even repeat it because he was so embarrassed. That's funny. And of course, I was like laughing my ass off. The other time, Spencer and I were in LA and a Swedish couple came up to us to get directions, but we didn't know where we were because we were tourists as well. We um, look so LA. <laughs> uh, so um, when they said that they were from Sweden, I also said those two phrases. Oh my and they, God. Their faces went like just like blank. Like they just like jaws dropped and they just started backing away from me slowly. Um, and I also just started like laughing again. And I was like, Spencer, we need to leave now. <laughs> I think you created two very traumatic experiences for And they strangers. were like, we, f- we fucking hate Americans. <laughs> like- <laughs> They've been going to therapy every week since then. Well, maybe that couple, I think that guy was like, uh, I want to move to America. The waitresses are very, very friendly. Um, if, if there are any listeners from Sweden or who know Swedish, I think you should definitely, uh, well, A, just call into the Google voice number in the show notes and give us your rendition of this phrase. Um, But also let us know how Sharon's uh, Swedish was and what you think about those phrases that she said. But anyways, anyways, back to the phrase that I read. Oh, right. Um, It it translates to April, April, you stupid herring. I can trick you whenever I want. (laughs) Another fish related. Yeah. April Fool's Day tradition. Well, get ready for a fish in the mail on April Fool's, because that's what I'm sending you guys. I probably shouldn't have told you that. All right. Well, let's move on to April Fool's Day jokes gone wrong, because this is where I think April Fool's Day gets funny, kind of, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) Um, In 2015, the Manchester Police Department in the UK decided to have a bit of a laugh when they tweeted, know someone in prison? You can get them released early by voting for them on here. The prisoners with the most votes also win a holiday. (laughs) Needless to say, that did not go over so well with some of the parents whose children had been murdered by prisoners incarcerated in Manchester. (laughs) One grieving father even called it a slap in the face. And I apologize for laughing. All due respect to those parents. But that's kind of funny. It is pretty funny that the police thought that this would be a good joke. That's the funny part. Right? I know. You know what would be funny? <laughs> wow. All right. Um, keeping along the lines of funny pranks involving death or murders, <laughs> nothing says funny prank like faking your suicide, right? Well, Randy Wood from New York State thought he'd have some fun with his ex-wife in 2004 when he staged an elaborate front yard tableau where it would appear that he was hanging (gasps) from a noose when in actuality he was safely attached to a harness. Um, I think he may have watched the movie Heathers one too many times. Seriously. Um, But no harm, no foul, right? Well, shockingly enough, it turns out that his ex-wife didn't immediately think, huh, oh wait, isn't today April 1st? 
maybe I'm being fooled. So she did what any reasonable person would do. And she called a 911 immediately who sent over ambulances, fire trucks, and police cars. Randy's prank was discovered and he ended up spending the rest of April Fool's Day in jail. Uh, why would you pretend to hang yourself on your like in, on your front lawn? I don't know. And where does he live that none of the neighbors saw this first and right? called the cops? Yeah. And ran out and said, we saw him hooking up the harness. Like, <laughs> I have a number of questions. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. The Romanian version of Playboy magazine published a horrific article in 2000 headlined and trigger warning here. The headline was how to beat your wife without leaving traces. Fun fact, the writer of the article used to write for Flesh World and was a huge, huge Leo Johnson fan. And if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about or get that reference, why the hell haven't you watched Twin Peaks yet? Because that's what we're referring to. Anyway, um, the Romanian version of Playboy claimed the article was a joke, but it was taken extremely seriously by many, and the uproar sparked nationwide protests. Playboy later apologized and was said to have, to have promised to give money to anti-domestic violence programs, as well as publishing articles which educated men about domestic violence, because nothing says funny like domestic violence. Yeah, I don't think. That one has like even a hint of being funny. Right. It's just I know. wrong on so many levels. Totally. And I, I want to know how like the, I mean, don't you have to go through like editors and. Um, there was a lot of people who thought that was a good idea. Right. right? There's, exactly. there's a lot of steps you have to go through to get something actually like the final draft into a magazine. And no one was like, um, uh, maybe this is crossing a line. Wow. Maybe they do things differently over there in Romania. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, some jokes aren't just the results of extremely bad decision making. Some also have deadly consequences. Lin Senhao and Huang Yang, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, were both graduate students at the Medical School of the Fudan University. Lynn began living in dormitory room 421 in August of 2010. One year later, Huang became Lynn's roommate. While living together, Lynn became angry with Huang over disagreements and gradually developed a grudge against him. It was claimed that Huang often described Lynn as stingy and also criticized Lynn's bad behavior, which angered Lynn. And on March 29th of 2013, I think Lynn had enough of being criticized by his roommate. And when he overheard that Huang and some of his classmates wanted to play April Fool's Day pranks on their fellow students, it prompted him to want to pull a prank of his own on Huang. Lin later stated that he only wanted to make Huang sick through poisoning as a prank. Police found a chemical in the water dispenser where they lived. They arrested Lin and he confessed. Police also found Lin had searched murder cases involving fatal doses on his laptop. 27-year-old Huang Yang died of multiple organ failure after he drank water that Lin had spiked on April Fool's Day 2013. Lin swiped the toxic chemical, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this, N-nitrosodimethylamine, uh, NDMA for short, from a hospital lab, and as we said, he claims he only wanted to cause some mild discomfort with the poisoned water. But he poured 10 times the lethal dose into the water dispenser that Huang drank from. Lin was ultimately found guilty of murder and was executed in December of 2015. Damn. Well, what would you do if a family member called you up and confessed to murder and asked for help getting rid of the body? Tennessee resident Susan Tammy Hudson called her sister in 2013 and basically asked her sister to do just that. Susan told her sister, quote, I shot my husband. I'm cleaning up the mess. Let's go bury him in black water, end quote. Her sister probably should have realized this was an April Fool's joke since the call was made on April 1st. But Hudson's sister wasn't so sure 
Apparently, she heard rumors of marital trouble. And when she called the rest of the family to tell them what Hudson had confessed, somebody decided they couldn't let a relative get away with murder. A squad car showed up at Hudson's home. And after her husband revealed himself to be entirely unmurdered, no charges were pressed. Although Susan did get to enjoy some time in the back of a police car to ponder how maybe her next April Fool's prank wouldn't involve burying dead husbands. I want to know more about this family. <laughs> like, if I called up my brother and was like, I murdered Spencer, uh, let's help, you know, can you help me get rid of the body? He would say, um, he would just say something sarcastic, probably like, <laughs> took you long enough. <laughs> Or he just knows your history so well, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But he would totally know I was kidding. Like, the fact that the sister was like, uh, I don't know, I think this might be real, and then call everyone in her family, and her family members, like, legit called the police instead of driving to the house to check it out themselves. Right. I know. It's weird. It's really Hmm. weird. All right. Well... Jody Berry, a 27-year-old Hooters server in Florida, had every reason to believe she'd won a car in 2001. The restaurant owners held a contest for their staff, offering to buy a new Toyota automobile to the server who sold the most beer. But when the moment of truth came for Barry, and she was blindfolded and taken to a parking lot to receive <gasps> her prize, she was actually given a Yoda doll. Get it? Toyota. Boo. Boo. (laughs) The whole contest was supposed to be an April Fool's joke, but Barry was not amused. She hired a lawyer and successfully sued the restaurant for damages. All she wanted, her lawyer explained, was enough money so she could, quote, pick out whatever type of Toyota she wanted, end quote. And that's exactly what she got. Wow. Wow. I can't believe she won damages. That's amazing. I can believe it. I, yeah, I uh, used to work for that company. (laughs) (laughs) I think they get a lot of lawsuits. And um, I know some people that I worked with who sued for other reasons and got settlements. They like to keep their stuff out of court. So, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And they also do have contests. For whoever sells the most beer, like uh, Coors Light will do a sponsorship where they want their beer to be sold that month. And whichever one of the girls sells the most Coors Light that month, they win like box seats to a Cubs game or like I've won several of those contests, but it was never for a car. It was usually for like um, box seats to a sporting event or I won like rooftop seats to a Cubs game, which is fun because it's like all you can eat and drink for free. Those are and fun, actually. Yeah. yeah. I was say, jokes on that. Jokes on them. No one wants to drink Coors Light, motherfuckers. <laughs> Anyways. um, Yeah. So, Mindy, you have um, we're, we're going to top these April Fool's jokes gone wrong with probably one of the uh worst ideas <laughs> the mother of all april fool's day jokes yeah one of the worst things you can do well i mean murder is pretty bad but um th- this is this was a, a pretty bad decision i must say okay uh yeah and it was apparently the last april fool's day joke bruce uh Frasinelli ever made this comes from an article he wrote from a calls In 1956, I crossed the line, and that is what this is all about, my last April Fool's joke. Just two months shy of my 17th birthday, I had gotten my driver's license a few months earlier, and once in a blue moon, I would be given permission to drive my father's pride and joy, our 1955 Buick Roadmaster. On April 1st, 1956, which was a Sunday, I had permission to use the car. My friends and I went to a drive-in restaurant in Leighton or Leighton, that's Mindy speaking, one of the others, how it's pronounced, uh, about 10 miles from my Summit Hill home in Carbon County for ice cream. At about 9 p.m., I realized that it was April Fool's Day and I had not deviled my parents with my annual antics. How could I get a rise from my mother with me so far from home? I got it. I would call my mom from a payphone at the restaurant, disguise my voice, 
Tell her I was a state police officer and give her the bad news that her son had been in a serious auto accident and that the prized family car had been demolished. Then, after a slight pause, I would shout, April Fool, as I always did, and break into hysterical laughter, as I always did. What could go wrong? (laughs) What could go wrong? My friends, my friends were wary that the idea might backfire. Hmm. I couldn't see how. I made a person-to-person call. Even though it was a lot more expensive, I figured getting the operator into the act would make the call seem more authentic. Jesus. I had had an older-sounding voice since about eighth grade when my voice changed, so I was sure I could pull this off. My mother answered on the second ring. I have a person-to-person call for Mrs. Frida Frasinelli. Are you Mrs. Frasinelli? The operator asked. Yes, I am. I heard my mom say with some hesitation. Go ahead, sir, the operator told me. Mrs. Frasinelli? I asked in my deepest sounding voice. Yes, she replied. This is Trooper Jones at the Layton State Police Barracks, I said. Who? She exclaimed, her voice instantly becoming instantly agitated. Trooper Jones, I continued, still sounding most official. I'm sorry to have to let you know about this, but your son Bruce has been in a very serious car accident and your car has been demolished. Then, as I planned, I paused momentarily, stifled the laughter, and prepared to shout, April Fool! Suddenly, I heard this ear-splitting scream (laughs) and the clunk, clunk, clunk of the phone bouncing on the floor. In the distance, I heard the sound of running and my mother's screams trailing off. I was horrified. She was taking this seriously. Yeah, no shit, dude. Mom, 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 I called frantically, but I realized what was happening. She was running from our home into the connected grocery store that my immigrant Italian parents operated to get my father. In about a minute, I could hear the approaching rushing of feet. My mother's sobbing was getting louder. I could hear my father breathing hard and saying something to himself in Italian, and my dad picked up the phone. How serious is my son hurt? He asked excitedly. Pop, uh, this is me. It was a joke, Pop. Silence. Pop, I croaked. Here, your son wants to talk to you. I heard my father say to my mother, oh, he's in so much trouble. (laughs) Hello, my mom said weakly in a quavering voice. Um, mom? This is Bruce, I said cleverly. Look, this is a big mistake. It was only an April Fool's joke. I wouldn't dare quote my mother at that moment. Usually, an impeccably proper woman, she rattled off a string of epithets in Italian, which invoked everyone's and everything's instant retaliation and wrath upon me. (laughs) What had started off as one of my all-time great April Fool's jokes had turned into one of the most mortifying episodes of my then young life. I also knew that when I would arrive at home later that night, life would never quite be the same. Wow. wow. Bruce Frasinelli, Jesus Christ, don't ever play that kind of trick on your parents. That's so freaking mean. Come on. <laughs> I wouldn't want to come home. I feel like, all right, I guess I have to find a job and a place to live. <laughs> Somehow get the insurance switched over from my dad's name to me because this is my car now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's mean. I mean, that's so mean. The most I ever did to my mom was I would lay on the floor and pretend like I was dead, but she never bought it so she's like I could still see you breathing Sharon she would just walk over (laughs) me one time I even like put spilled milk on the floor and had like a glass in my hand to make it look like you know I was mid (laughs) doing something (laughs) it just collapsed but I guess because like the glass wasn't broken she was like yeah I'm not I'm not falling for it she walked right over me and was like clean up the milk the girl (laughs) who cried murder that's funny Uh, so I'm sure everyone has heard the phrase, you're pulling my leg, uh, which means you must be joking, playing a prank on someone, making up something. So this term was extremely popular in the 20th century, and the origin of the phrase is still something of an enigma to etymologists, people who study the origin and history of words. But I was kind of curious about where this phrase came from. And since we're talking about a holiday where we play pranks on each other, I thought I would share the interesting but strange origins of the phrase. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, I was just curious and thought I would share my findings. So there are two popular theories about how this phrase came about, neither of which is backed up by any real evidence. Um, and also neither theory is very plausible. <laughs> Keep that in mind. But they are entertaining. First is that thieves used to pull at people's legs to trip them. And once the victim was on the ground, the thieves would then have ample opportunity to rob them. While an interesting story, the plausibility is low and the details of the origin change too much to be taken seriously. Some people say that this happened in the vague medieval markets or in Victorian London, while others will give an exact date, say, I don't know, 1882. Unfortunately, the lack of any documented evidence of this origin theory makes it nothing more than a fanciful guess. I have never heard that. Um, no. But yeah, that's kind of scary. You'd just be walking down the street and have someone trip you and then rob you while you're laying helpless on the ground. <laughs> I trip a lot myself, thank you very much. I don't need anyone's <laughs> help. You make yourself an easy target anyway. <laughs> uh, the second origin theory has to do with executions by suspension hanging Ew. at Tyburn in England. And there are different types of hangings, if you weren't aware, <laughs> which I'll cover in just a second. Um, it's believed that people were occasionally hired to hang onto the victim's legs to give them a quicker death. Suspension hangings typically result in a much slower death than a long drop hanging. And the extra weight on the victim's legs could potentially make the rope mercifully work just a little faster. Uh, however, this theory is also discounted because there's no documented evidence of how the phrase made the leap from someone hanging to like joking around or storytelling or lying. Um, plus, there's no record of the phrase during the times that suspension hangings were popular. Um, but can you imagine if that was your job, like off to work today? Oh, what do you do? Um, I hang on people's legs <laughs> until they die. Do you get benefits with that? There are people that were like the official hangmen or whatever that was their job. Well, yeah, but I don't think those were the same. Pe well, maybe they were. I don't know if they were the same people that actually like hung on their legs later. That's gross either way. Yeah, I wouldn't want that as a job. Definitely not. Of course, we couldn't talk about April Fool's Day without mentioning one of our favorite 80 horror movies of the same name. April Fool's Day from 1986 stars Deborah Foreman, who is in Valley Girl and Real Genius, two really awesome 80 movie, 80s movies as well, and Amy Steele from Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, a group of eight college friends gather together at an island mansion belonging to heiress Muffy St. John, who's Deborah Foreman, to celebrate their final year of school. They soon discover that each has a hidden secret from their past, which is revealed, and soon after they turn up dead. Yet are they really dead? Or is it just some part of a very real and cruel April Fool's joke? Some trivia, at the film's beginning, Griffin O'Neill's character Skip is blamed for a prank-turned-accident that leaves a boat ferryman disfigured. In a bizarre case of life-imitating art, O'Neill was indicted on manslaughter charges the following year for a drug-induced boating mishap that resulted in the death of Francis Ford Coppola's son, Giancarlo Coppola. Ugh. Another bit of trivia, in Germany, the film was called The Horror Party. H-O-R-R-O-R. <laughs> in France, it was... Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, right? Very different uh, The other one title. would be a yeah, yeah. very different movie. Yeah. In France, it was called Weekend of Terror, which I guess is a lot scarier than calling it April Fish, but that would have been fun, too. <laughs> Lastly, it's one of three horror films from 1986 that takes place on April Fool's Day, the others being Killer Party and Slaughter High. I actually haven't seen either of those other movies, but if you do want a horror movie marathon on April Fool's Day, there you go, triple feature. But don't miss the actual movie April Fool's Day because it's pretty fucking good. I haven't watched that in a while, so I'm definitely going to be watching that on April 1st. Yeah, and me you, too. You showed it to me a while back, and um, one of the other actors who's in it is the guy who plays Biff from Back to the Future. Yes, that's true. Mm. There's a lot yeah. of people in it, like a lot of 80s actor people. Yeah, it's a great film. It's one of my favorite 80s movies. It's Another so one fun. that I saw as a kid and loved it, and then 
it actually holds up surprisingly well I think I would agree I actually bought it on Amazon like last year I think because it was really cheap and I was like I need to have access to this movie whenever I want to watch it yeah I think we we bought one of those like double feature movies um it's April Fool's Day in the original My Bloody Valentine so I think it was like I don't know less than ten dollars I think I found it at like Best Buy years ago or something like that so worth it totally We would just like to take a second and welcome our latest Patreon subscriber, James Harrington. James, thank you so much for subscribing. We really, really do appreciate the support. It means so much. Um, So be on the lookout. We are going to send you some fun stuff maybe in the mail. Um, I believe at your tier level, you get a t-shirt of our choosing, maybe not necessarily horror related, but we'll find something cool for you. And we have some cool t-shirt shops in Chicago, so we're going to have to visit those and uh, find you something very special. Um, but yes, I just want to give you a, a shout out as well. James, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. So also at your tier level, we ask you what your top 10 favorite horror movies are, and you sent us a list, so we are going to read those now. I don't know if this is in any particular order, but we're going to start with number 10. At number 10, Phantasm. Great film. Love it. I love the original. At number nine is Misery. Also a great film. Honestly, you don't have any like crappy films on this list. We're going <laughs> to say that for each one. But your number eight choice is the Amityville Horror. I'm assuming it's the original. Um, and the original is my personal favorite. Agreed. I'm sure, I'm sure it's yours as well. Because, yeah, you seem to have pretty good taste in movies. <laughs> number seven is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I love this movie, too. Although the Invasion... The remake with Nicole Kidman, it wasn't too horrible, but the original is where it's at. Well, wait, isn't there, there's two, right? Isn't there one from like the 20s? Wait, no, not that early. No, it's like the 40s or 50s, I think. Yeah, there's one from the 40s and then there's one from the 70s, right? No. Yeah, Donald Donald Sutherland is in this one from the 70s. Hang on. Now I have to look it up. I've only seen the black and white one, and then... I've actually never seen the original. So, James, you're going to have to tell us which Invasion of the Body Snatchers is your favorite. Oh, yeah. I've only seen the 1956 version. I've never seen the 1978 version. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, so, all right. Well, I've only seen the 78 version. So, all right, James, let us know which one is better. And I think Mindy's going to have to watch the 78 version, and I'm going to have to go watch the one from the 50s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, at number six, we have Carrie, which they actually just talked about on I Saw What You Did podcast. Um, they had a great little discussion about that movie. Love that movie. Agreed. Um, number five is The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. And I just saw this movie like within the past year for the first time. So did I. Awesome. Love it. Creepy. Fantastic. Very creepy. I thought Jodie Foster was really good in The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. I mean, she's really good in everything, so you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Jodie Foster and her amazing acting talent, what's the next movie, Sharon? The Silence of the Lambs, probably my favorite psychological horror movie. And yes, once again, Jodie Foster, fantastic. Uh How about number three, Mindy, one of our childhood favorites? Oh, yeah, Poltergeist. Love it. Still love it. Always. And number two, we have Psycho. Uh, We talked about this one recently on the episode that we did with my sister-in-law, the horror-rific experiment episode Um, that was last October sometime. Don't remember off the top of my head which number it was, but... Uh, yeah, we had a really good discussion about that movie. It was a first watch for her. And Mindy, drum roll, please. It is the mother of all horror movies for some people, The Exorcist. Woo-woo. I will always love this movie. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for sending us your list of top 10 favorite horror movies. Um, also, at your tier, 
If you have an episode suggestion, send that our way. And if we decide we want to do it, we will. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, within reason, more than likely we'll do it. But it obviously we have to use some discretion. (laughs) Right. I mean, sometimes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, James. Thank you, James. We appreciate it. We love you. All right. Well, Thank you all for listening to us. As always, you can write to us at horror at gmail.com with anything you want to share with us, whether it's ghost stories, true crime stories, if you have any good April Fool's Day pranks that you've pulled off, um, better than any of the ones we have because <laughs> we're pretty lame, I guess. Um, whatever you would like us to read on our show, please send to us. Also, I want to announce that you can now go and vote for our Horrors Talk Horror 2021 Horror Oscar nominations. There are two ways that you can do this. We included our SurveyMonkey link in this episode description, so go find that and go vote. You can also go on any of our social media pages, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can find that link as well. In Instagram, if you click on the link in our bio, the ballot will be at the top of our Linktree page. On Facebook and Twitter, we will have the link in upcoming posts. And also make sure you listen to our episode that will be released on Monday, April 26th, which is the day after the actual Oscars, to hear us announce all of the winners. And you guys are going to be the ones picking the winners so make sure you you vote yes please subscribe to us and rate and review us it absolutely helps us get more exposure uh we also have a great interview coming up that you won't want to miss especially if you're a twin peaks fan so we're super excited about that um if you are able to please join our patreon and get access to episodes a little bit early than a most most folks uh, see exclusive posts and maybe even get some cool shit sent to you in the mail. Um, We'll also be including our survey uh, monkey link on Patreon as well. Uh, Please be kind to each other out there. There's been a lot of misinformation passed around. And personally, I'm like just done. This country is done. Speaking straight from the heart, please stand with everyone out there, uh, no matter what race, country of origin, color of your skin, whatever, enough is enough. And we're not going to move on as a society if we keep acting like assholes to each other. So please, please, please be kind to each other. Stand up for those that are being picked on or called out because of their differences. We, in each and every horror movie, when slashed, we all bleed red. So fucking remember that. Um, And let's move on in a positive direction, shall we? Thank you. Stop. Asian hate. Rant over. Thank you. Um, Sorry. Stop all hate. But right now, this is, yes, what was going on in the Asian community is absolutely disgusting. And murder, attacking old women, old men uh, on the streets, just, you know, trying to live their lives. Fucking disgusting. And we all need to stand up for what is right. So... Exactly. Well said, Sharon. So be kind to each other out there, people. Stay safe. And as always, thanks Thanks for for getting getting creepy creepy with with us. us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, Oh, my God.